What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Betty from the block, great to see you, man. First things first, got a little question for you. Riddle me this, Ben. Who is having, Mm -hmm. has had a worse week? The New York Jets organization, including their legion of fans globally, or me and you on FFS, given the fact that we came 182nd in our free to enter listener league out of 192. Um, definitely us because at least the Jets showed they had enough talent to win. Um, expectation <laughs> on sure. us as two of the great minds in fantasy sports. Yes. Expectations were sky high. You know, I mean, it didn't occur to me we would finish outside the top five. I don't, it was kind of finished a bit yeah, outside. And we finished a long way outside the top five. Uh, we finished 182nd. That was our show team, official show team. Uh, of course, the Guru Sandrini, the, the sharp edge when it comes to FFS. Much more credible performance from him. And he'll be dropping his show team a bit later on in the show. So fear not, fantasy players. You can uh, play along against us and you know, invariably beat us by by the sound of it. Uh, hey, look, if you're brand new to fantasy as well, join, join the club. We've been playing fantasy for years, Ben and I. Daily fantasy is something new to us. We are trying... I learned a little bit from the Jedi that is the Guru Sandrini last season. And I had some success, but seeing so we since we've tag teamed up, kind of like mid-card, mid-card is in WWE. We've been forced together as a tag team <laughs> that at the moment isn't working particularly well. So we've got to pick up the pace. But Ben, individually, things went from bad to worse for you. So we came 182nd with our team. You came. <laughs> 184th with your own separate special individual entry. Yeah, not massively creditable, uh, I'll admit. Right. Um, I wish I could say the only the only way is up, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. We're going to bounce um, back this I week. Easily I can get feel worse. it. I can feel it, buddy. We're get, we are going to bounce back. The only thing that made this even more painful for us, and this is why I posed that initial question, because on top of all of this, the 192 people that entered our free-to-play special contest last week in our listener league. Hit the link, by the way, in our show notes. Over on socials, you'll find it as well. Uh, All kinds of context going in, and it's free to enter the league, the listener league. The only thing that made this worse, the winner of the whole bloody thing, Propo. I mean, you can't make this up. You talk about people saying, oh, you can't write this with the whole Aaron Rodgers on the first drive of his Jets career. You can't make make this up. Propo is bloody one... Of our fancy contest in week one. No, this is like if when uh, when Rogers went down, they actually brought on Joe Namath, and that Joe Namath managed to <laughs> light it up. That that would I that I would have felt That's that was equivalent. more likely than Propo winning yeah. this. And you know, so I was 184th mm. out of 192, but the person who finished 192nd didn't put a team in. So let's discount that person. Yeah, okay. So the person who finished 191st, mm-hmm. the, the very worst recorded score, right. has the username Harry the Producer, our old producer. So 
the worst person in the competition was our old producer and the best one was our current producer. I what a sandwich. I don't want to be in a Harry Ollie sandwich ever. Apropos Harry, the producer, shout out to AmeriCarnage Faithful out there. You're old school Carnage Faithful. I know there is plenty of you out there listening to this show. Harry the producer, the legend. The bearded one, the great man, <laughs> came dead last. Well, dead last out of people who actually entered a team. <laughs> so there is hope. I love you, Harry. Uh, thank you for making that slightly less painful. Things go from bad to worse for you, Benny, because uh, you also came dead last in our picks contest. Our picks contest, of course, brand new, where me and Propo and our special guest on the midweek show. Last week, it was Ben, of course, and Ben represented team guest. This week, Shane Vereen. That show is in the vault. Incidentally, the brilliant Shane Vereen, Super Bowl winner, straight off the bat of the Rogers news because, of course, Shane knows Aaron Rodgers, has trained with him, knows him well. So really interesting insight into that whole situation. That is in the vault. Go check it out. Video over on our YouTube channel as well from that. Lots more besides with, with the great Shane Vereen. That, his week two picks, trying to pick up the pace because you let the side down there as well, Benny. Seven correct picks. Propo got nine. I hit 11 week one. So I was uh, I started fast. So I, I will hope to keep that momentum going. With, um, with our listener league, so we obviously can't give the USA Sports merch uh, to, to Propo. That would be wholly corrupt. And even if it wasn't against the rules, I still wouldn't give it to him anyway because it's Propo. So uh, it drops down to the second spot in the free-to-play special league, right? So every week, our friends at USA Sports, shout out USA Sports, will be giving all kinds of fantastic merch uh, uh, to the winner or the highest ranked non-member of the NC Show team in that league. Uh, and that means it was Celtic Dodger. Uh, who uh, Celtic Dodger, Celtic Dodger, potatoes, potatoes. He, she was second in the league. So congratulations. We're going to push this out on social as well. Get in touch with the show. Just drop us a DM on Twitter or Insta. Seb and the crew will pick that up and we'll sort out your £100 USA Sports gift voucher. We'll get that to you. This week, gang, you're playing for, well, there are two things at play really because obviously our friends at DraftKings uh, put a lot of cash in as well that you can win in, in the free to play specials as well as the, the cash games if you, if you want to roll the dice that way uh, 18 plus begamblerware.org uh, of course uh, as well as the cash they stump up for not just first either you get prizes that kind of go down the places we are getting an, from USA Sports an NFL new era sideline cap they sent me a Dolphins one it's a thing of beauty so thanks uh, thanks fellas Andy and the crew there uh, so you can win one of those team of your choice and a 20 pounds voucher to spend at the USA Sports Store so that's a pretty decent prize so that's good so get involved with that enter a team the free to play one is, is how you win that but if that wasn't enough Benny DraftKings are giving us two hospitality tickets for the Jags Falcons game at Wembley Whew. And lucky enough for the winners, they don't have to go with us. Mm, that exactly right. Second prize, two tickets that have to, <laughs> that have to go alongside with us. Um, so to wait, the way to win those tickets, the hospitality tickets for Wembley, for Jags Falcons, to enter a team into any of our free-to-play contests. From So week one, we had a couple of free-to-play contests. If there is a free-to-enter contest in weeks two or week three, there will be, enter a team into it. And the highest score wins. As simple as that. At the end of week three, we're going to look back at all three contests. Whoever has the highest score that isn't proper <laughs> is going to win those tickets. And then we'll reach out to them. You'll have 24 hours to get in touch once we've announced it. If you don't, then it will go down the pecking order accordingly. So anyone can win those. Get involved with that. More details over on our social channels, over on our show notes. Woo! 
there is a lot to be getting involved with in terms of Daily Fantasy this season. We're going to pick our show team in a little bit. We're hoping for more luck. In doing so as well, we're going to be looking ahead at some of the key matchups. Ben is going to give us his take on the quarterback rookie watch after week one. I'm really interested to see his thoughts on how the three starters fared and their matchups going in to week two. Uh, Ben's going to pick his game of the week as well that he's most looking forward to in the week two slate. But before all that, we got to pick up from where we left off with Shane Vereen. And look at this Jets situation, which is, of course, developing uh, steadily as the week progresses. I want to start with Zach Wilson. The much maligned Zach Wilson, Ben, you as our resident college expert have seen, I think, probably more tape on him. You've seen more Zach Wilson action than anyone else in our circle, and I'd argue, than most in the UK NFL scene. So you are better placed than most to give your assessment here. He stunk the joint out last season. This happens. Young quarterbacks can do this and find a way to bounce back. Is there a credible path back to success for Zach Wilson this season, do you think? I don't think anyone's been as critical of Zach Wilson as I have um, in the media, at least. I'm sure there are plenty of Jets fans who have. Um, in fact, I remember a, a show, one of your radio shows where you had Shane Vereen on and I came on and I talked about the quarterbacks in that draft. And I spent about five minutes moaning about Zach Wilson and how someone was going to draft him too high and really regret it. And I think I think that's been borne out by the Jets. However, I'm not one of these people that wants to just throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I, I didn't ever think he's an absolute bust and will never make it in the NFL. I just felt he was not. He was not good enough to be picked as early as he was and picked ahead of some of the quarterbacks he was picked ahead of. Having said that, he has been pretty dreadful as a Jet and was pushed into a situation that he wasn't anywhere near ready for against competition that was much too good for him. I felt that getting Rodgers in was a potential career-saving move for him. Mm -hmm. It was either going to go one of two ways, I feel, depending on his mentality and depending on how Rodgers was as a mentor, it would either destroy Zach Wilson's confidence and make him want to get out of the Jets, or it would help restore his love for the game. He would learn. He would have the pressure off him and feel like, okay, this job is mine in two years' time. That Rogers will stick around for a couple of years. If I want to stick around myself, I'll have this job, or I'll have learned enough. I'll go somewhere else as a backup, and I feel enough confidence that I can win that job at some point. Now, all of a sudden, Rodgers is down after four snaps, and it's all about it's all about him right now. At the In the immediate term, it's all about him. I really think that if Rodgers had had a really good season, and this had happened week one of next year, I'd feel Zach Wilson could be the guy. He could, he could be enough to take them deep into the playoffs, maybe. But right now, I don't feel the Jets think he's the guy. If they did, they wouldn't have been so desperate for Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson's not improved so much over the offseason that he is now a a quarterback that you can feel like he can take us to the Super Bowl. Let, okay, so I let me come in. Let me come in there. Soon. Too much too soon. Let me come in there. So firstly, they didn't think he was the guy. That's why they went and got Aaron Rodgers. Virtually Aaron Rodgers is an upgrade on virtually any quarterback in the history of the game, let alone Wilson. I take your point. They didn't feel they had their guy, right? But I reckon if you really put a gun to the head of a lot of GMs around the league, quite a few would say that, right? I think if, if the stars aligned, the cash stacked up, 
most 25 of the 32 GMs would probably take Rodgers over their starting quarterback. Certainly 20, right? If they feel they have a win now, win now team and it's not a development project. But fair point. There is no way that they looked at what happened last season and thought, okay, yeah, I've seen enough. And this is the evaluation we often apply, right? Which is you're going to be bad, probably rookie season, early era NFL career, sophomore season, probably too. But we want to see improvements in that second season. We want to see enough in that rookie season flashes that just like we did with Trevor Lawrence, we saw it. We knew even though he was a mixed bag, Trevor Lawrence was going to be okay as much as you can know anything. It felt like he's going to be okay. Yes. Really interested in the small sample size that we have week one, what your instinct is on Richardson and Stroud uh, and Bryce Young. But how about this for an argument, right? This is a very different Jets offense to last season, or at least a lot of the key parts of it that Zach Wilson presided over, if I'm not overstating preside. <laughs> the, the offensive line, we knew from day one, problematic. But there is still upside with that, right? So everybody's saying, what do we say? The offensive line, that's why Rogers got... Sure, but there is upside to it. There is talent there. Vera Tucker, Becton, there is talent there. It could step up from the 31st ranked unit to maybe kind of 24th, something like that. Eh, just about get away with it. But more importantly, Brees Hall's back on it. Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. It's one of the strongest backfields in the league. And they've strengthened their receiving core demonstrably for, for year on year. Wilson's a year stronger and better. They brought in Cobb, Lazard, McCall Hardman. It's a much better unit than it was year on year. So he's got a lot more outs and a lot more of a safety blanket around him, doesn't he? So they can run the ball 59 times a game and he throws for 110 yards and they could still win games. You know, and he knows the offense back to front. Right. You know, there's there's no there's no suggestion that he's kind of like a um a slouch in the meeting rooms or he's got an attitude problem or anything like that. It's simply being execution. So right now, because there's you know, there's obviously there's no point comparing Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. We we know the differences. And we know they're not choosing between those two right now. Mm. They're choosing between Zach Wilson, anyone who's a free agent right now. And if they're a free agent, they're a free agent for a reason or trading for someone. So let's look now, at that. Let's take a look at this. They, There's a yeah. lot flying around, Betty. Um, a lot of names in, in inevitably, just as you've uh, uh, outlined it, there is a fixed number of credible names that they're going to make a play for. There is a possibility, although it's unlikely given what they gave up for Rogers, that they make some outlandish bid for a, for an established starter, but it's possible. And and I think the most likely one there for me, and it, Titans fans will, will probably be spitting their coffee out when I say established starter, but someone like Tannehill. I feel Tannehill could be quite an interesting move for them right now, right? In terms of players that are starting right now in the league. So the names that are getting trotted around whispered most um, heavily. Can you whisper heavily? I don't know. Uh, you get my point. <laughs> Cooper Rush. So I don't think Dallas are going to gamble with Cooper Rush, uh, getting rid of Cooper Rush. I don't think they're going to gamble with Trey Lance as, as their backup. He's not ready to be. A, I don't think they're going to gamble there. I think Trey Lance was, as you pointed out on the show, I think, development central. Let's buy low, see what we've got, keep him around, chuck him in for the old gadget play. Jameis, so now we're getting into Carson Wentz. So we're getting into this territory of jobbing pros that have not quite fulfilled their potential that 
experienced enough to come in and maybe do a job. Teddy is maybe the most reliable there out of the names there. A name that not many people are mentioning that I think could be really interesting is Mike White for obvious reasons, right? Familiarity there. The Dolphins have depth in even Carlson. When I was talking with Carlson on Monday on the Monday show, that's in the vault, the legend that is Carlson looking back at week one. When we were chatting about the Finns and, and the excitement surrounding Miami and the offense, the same old situation. Well, yeah, but what if Tua goes out? He was thinking that it's maybe going to be Skylar Thompson, not Mike White, that that gets the nod, right, as backup. Now, this is Carson Carson's conjecture, but I wonder if Mike White is not the right play here, if they are going to shop around. That's my take on it. Benny, what about you? If, if Zach Wilson isn't the guy, or irrespective of that, they've got to bring in somebody else, they've got to bring in another body, what do you think they'll do? Yeah, like you say, no matter what happens, they have to bring someone in, whether they see that person as a potential starter or just someone to support Zach Wilson and be the and be the backup. To me, the most obvious name, um, and I don't this isn't this isn't one that I like, and I don't think it's what they should do, but it seems like the most obvious is Carson Wentz. Um he's he's obviously been around a lot. Um, he was drafted by Joe Douglas, who is the current general manager of the Jets. You know, um, when Joe Douglas was at the Eagles, he picked him at number two. Yeah, yeah. So of course. he he know he knows him well. However, he will also know the downsides of it. And anyone who watched him play for Washington um, will know that there are downsides. And Carson Wentz is someone who is frequently unpopular in the locker room. Um, he's kind of a big personality. And can be, I mean, he's been pushed out of three teams Mm. and he's out of football right now. And his main activity seems to be posting pictures of himself with um, beautiful dead animals he's killed. So I'm not sure with the, with the, with the way that Rogers has kind of taken over that team. I'm not sure you want someone in there who is someone who is known for being a bit of a locker room issue. So although he seems like the most obvious fit. I feel like it's a huge risk. Matt Ryan sort of retired, except he didn't file the paperwork. So he could come in. Now, uh, I the like old, Matt the Ryan, old classic, actually. the old veteran that doesn't want to let go. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, exactly. honey. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll get around to it. I'll, it's on the list. I'm going like to sort Matt out the garage. Matt, Matt Ryan redemption, because we're talking about the Zach Wilson redemption arc. Wouldn't it be great if Matt Ryan came back for one last hurrah and actually won, won the ring that, oh my God, was in his hat, in his paw, in his paw in Houston. Yeah. Oh, I'd love the Matt yeah. Ryan redemption arc. What about, I was chucking a, the name Blake Bortles around with, with Shea Marie, but there's the Hackett connection. I mean, it's not the craziest idea, is it? But it's, it's right. In terms of someone coming in because they've got to bring someone in, it's yeah. not that crazy. Yeah. But thinking of people who you might feel, do I trust them more than Zach Wilson? I don't trust Blake Balls any um, any more than I trust Zach Wilson. I trust Zach Wilson more. Zach Wilson, I don't feel like we've seen his ceiling. No. Um, whereas Blake Bortles, AFC we've seen the ceiling. Game. We keep AFC banging, championship game. <laughs> Go on, Blake. We keep banging our heads on that ceiling. <laughs> Is that what's it's happening? so low. Okay. All right. So, so um, got, I mean, the, the, the dream the- would be Tom Brady, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Shane was getting into that too. The the yeah. the shade 
the shade that would fall if Brady went to the Jets. Oh, oh. my God. It would be an incredible thing to behold, but unlikely, unlikely. All right. So we yeah. think it's going to be veteran, veteran brought in. There's a quarterback battle. Zach's our guy. We'll give Wilson a couple of, well, maybe not even a couple of games, right? If it bye unravel quickly. Bye-bye, Zach. So, okay. Fascinating yeah. story. Do you feel the Jets are done now? Do you think they can still compete no. for a, you, do you think they're still in the mix? I am 100% confident they're still in the mix. This is still a team that can make the playoffs. Mm. They've got such a fantastic roster and so many exciting skill position players that I feel it's a team that should be still in playoff contention. Again, with the caveat, they're in a really tough division. So in a way, I think they're going to be okay. This is a team that I would still think is going to have a winning record, but they're in a tough division. The Dolphins looked white hot the other day. The Bills will surely improve. Who knows what we'll expect from the Patriots. But this is a team that was a Super Bowl dark horse that I now feel is like a kind of wild card contender. Yeah. Okay. All right. Watch this space. I'm sure this story will play out as the week goes on and we will be across it next up after FFS, of course, is me and Propo Friday Edge Rush. So there might be some more developments with this uh, on that. We'll be able to deliver you on that show. So if you haven't already, or if you're brand new to the show, just discovered us because I've seen, uh, we see the stats. It's fantastic to see there are so many new subscribers to the show. The audience is growing and growing, which we love. So if you're new, welcome along for the ride. Great to have you with us. Subscribe if you haven't, if you're listening for the first time and you like what you hear, subscribe and episodes will drop in your inbox. You don't have to listen to all of them, but they'll automatically get to you and then you can pick and choose as you wish. Right. Let's go to rookie quarterback watch next, Benny. So as we mentioned, you are a studier of tape. You've watched thousands of hours of college football so all the rookie quarterbacks in the league right now like as same thing as uh, i suggested with zach wilson you've seen a lot of them you've seen a lot of game film so you've already got i think and you've shared with us on the show a number of times in the offseason your trajectory suggested trajectory for the the rookies that have come in three of them are starting right now as we kind of figured they would week one right we figured richardson maybe for a little while we weren't sure but yeah they, they'd thrown him in bryce young was definitely going to start and straub was probably going to start start on his who had the most promising debut out of the three all right before i answer that there's a stat that i have to throw out there because it blows my mind mm. in the 1980s there were only five players who started week one as a rookie in the entire decade. What? In the 1990s. Yeah. In the 1990s, the same. Only five rookies started week one of a season. Then. The whole decade. In the next. The whole decade. In the next decade, it was only nine. And then in the, in the 2010s, we were up to 18. And. That shows you how much the NFL has changed. Yeah. That we would get five a decade. Now three a year isn't, doesn't blow our mind. That is incredible. Now, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. That I mean, is, uh, you can thank Associated Press for that fact. I did not realize. I, I mean, this is, this is, this bears out what we, what we suspected with the cold hard data. Is this because there is, generationally now is faster faster more more what have you done for me lately we've got to make everything is speeded up everything is we've got to win now social media 
under the frenzy there, underpinning this clamor, so pressure is put on, change needs to be made. What is the what is the root cause of that? Is that the there are multiple causes? I'm sure. Is that the main one? Yeah, that's the that's the main one. But to to give to give teams their credit as well, I think the way that quarterbacks come out of college now, that they have much more much more coaching, they are much fitter and kind of game ready. Whether they're NFL ready, that's a, that's a different issue. But they are so well conditioned fitness wise and how much they've studied that they are more prepared than a quarterback coming out of college in the 1980s and i feel that culturally younger quarterbacks were not fully trusted it was felt that no 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 you've got to do a lot more learning and i think they do a lot more learning in college right now just perhaps not in the classrooms but in the meeting rooms i think they're able to see a lot more film and even down to technology that, you know, nowadays, even in, even in college, they'll be sent home with the tablets and they'll be expected to be watching films over and over. And just being able to study plays is that much easier mm. now. So they're expected to put in more hours year round. So there's that. And of course, the salary cap issue where you've got to try and now that it's it's cheaper to have a rookie quarterback than it was in the 80s and 90s, where yeah. there was no rookie cap, where the rookie would often come in and be the top paid player on the team, completely alienating most of the locker room. <laughs> Nowadays, you want to get that rookie in and while they're cheap, try to have a Super Bowl window at that at that point. Because once they start to play brilliantly and you have to pay them a huge amount of money, there's then a knock-on effect for the for the rest of the roster. So uh, that, that is a great point. Guys yeah. Starting earlier. That feels to me like the archetypal blueprint now for for most gms right which is pick a quarterback that is going to be a credible starter at least at worst and preferably in that top 10 in the league soon keep them on the rookie deal chuck the money elsewhere spread the spread the love and, and we've got got a real shot at this um and and it feels yeah I remember that was it Stafford Bradford that kind of era was pretty much the last of the crazy money and then it all then it all changed in in terms of first rounders anyway okay well let's get so on I to will the, answer your question yeah, rookie, so so Carolina <laughs> and Bryce Young let's start with him so and then maybe we'll t- look at each of them their debut performances who they've got matched up in week two and then you can maybe power rank and maybe we can make that a regular thing your rookie quarterback power okay. rankings I like the sound of that we just come up yep. on the fly so yep. hey but Benny's the kind of guy that can roll on the fly so. I watched a fair amount of um, Bryce's. Well, I, the game we were doing a, a radio show, of course, on Talk Sport, and we had the 49ers Steelers game as our live game, but Red Zone on the radio every week, by the way, five o'clock, Talk Sport 2. Red Zone's on in the studio on three screens, and, and we're watching, by the way, like, we'll watch particularly as the 49ers game is a bit of a blah. We're keeping our eyes on everything. And I was particularly interested in that game because, of course, the Falcons are my Drew Lock of the week on Edge Rush. So I wanted to make sure. I mean, that's whenever I'm whenever I'm uh, degenerately gambling on uh, on football, that is the number one objective. Even if it's the, I'm broadcasting a game, that's a more important game to me, obviously. Um, but seriously, I was watching a lot of it. And then I went back and watched. I, I love doing this. You can find... Uh, this in all shapes and sizes online, but every throw of or every catch of, and somebody out there will have clipped together exactly that. So I looked at this um, f- for, from the Carolina game, uh, and it 
confirmed what I thought instinctively, intuitively watching it in real time on Red Zone. Yes, there were mishaps. There was the pick. There was the issues. And the pick obviously caused or led to great field position for the Falcons' score. And it was a mistake. He was under pressure right on the goal line, forced it into a window he shouldn't have. Just a prototypical rookie mistake, right? But pretty much, even though he beat himself up after the game, I got that feeling this guy's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. The the pace, the touch, the, the vision, it wasn't doing anything outlandishly complicated. We weren't seeing 70-yard bombs, but it was fluent, solid, composed. You just get this feeling, Ben, don't you, that with rookies, outside of anything else, just the eye test, you, you're going to be fine. Like you, you're going to be fine. That's what I thought watching him. What about you? I don't think he had a great game, obviously. Um, but all the mistakes were understandable. Mm. I thought he looked calm and composed. He didn't take off running very often. He made he made a couple he made a couple of runs when it when it looked like that was the right thing to do. He didn't just kind of look at his first read, think, "Oh God, that guy's covered. I've got I've got to just I've got to just scarper." So. I didn't I didn't love I didn't love the picks, but it was it was him trying to trying to kind of fit it into a in a tight window and just being kind of caught unawares by the fact that, you know, NFL secondary players and linebackers are faster than faster than you're used to. And look who he's thrown to as well, had, because because you know, well this short, this is short it. stack right, short exactly. stack anyway, right? It's one of the weakest receiving cores, I think, it's fair to say. And it was banged up. So Thielen was yeah. out, right? And Shark or was it Shark that was out and Thielen started? One way, which way around? I can't remember which way around it was, but and I think it was Shark yeah. that was out and and Thielen started. Um, Hayden I, I, Hurst, you know, Jonathan Mingo. I mean, come on. No, exactly, exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't a good performance, I would say. But none of that, none of what he did wrong, made me think. I see problems down the line here. Yeah. No, nothing. Yeah. I same. just thought there's 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 a rookie who I think is going to be really good have a really good career yeah in a tough spot with not a whole lot of talent around him on the offense mm-hmm. but i in general i liked his decision making he was poised yeah he is a he is a word. leader it, it's going to be fine yeah benny that is the bang on i spent 75 seconds trying to explain what you define in one word poised that's why uh, you are a sharp cookie, my friend. And incidentally, Ben's latest book, uh, The American Football Revolution, I can see it behind him because he's always plugging plugging the hell out of it, as he rightly should. We're going to plug the hell out of it too. So go and hit the link in the show notes. Get involved with that uh, audio copy. Great to see so many reviews for you on Amazon as well, buddy. Well deserved. And keep those reviews coming in. NC Show Gang, get behind All Pro Ben on that one. Hop on over that. Look, even if you haven't read the book, just leave a review, right? <laughs> we don't care if they've read it or not. I, right? I would say... I would, I would say, I don't care if you didn't buy it from Amazon. Yeah, you can still leave a review on Amazon because that is massively important for general mm. book visibility. But mm. I'd certainly rather that you'd read the book before you reviewed it. Actually, but you will uh, love it. So see, I, on the other hand, in terms of our show, don't care if you to to plagiarize the great Matthew Berry, but he's an old friend of mine, so I'm allowed to do that. Doesn't matter if you don't listen to the show, uh, if you don't subscribe to it, just download it so we get the downloads and go and leave a review on iTunes. We're going to start reading reviews out on iTunes, right? So from iTunes mm. and any platform you can leave reviews, actually. We'll seven the crew will be keeping their eyes peeled. Uh, so leave reviews there. Um, we appreciate it because it helps spread, spread the word and our sponsors love it as well. 
but I don't care if you don't actually listen to the show very often. <laughs> We're good with that. Um, all right. The New Orleans up for Bryce Young and the Panthers this week. So it's a fairly decent spot for him uh, to, to pick up the pace. What about Anthony Richardson? Let's go to him next. So if we felt that the vibe we got from Bryce Young was not great in isolation as a performance, but he's going to be okay. Anthony Richardson, as which is, I guess, what we expected Bryce Young, if things went to plan, that's kind of that's kind of the player we figured he'd be. Like he's going to be a solid pro, potentially has serious upside. Richardson, boom or bust, crazy electric to watch. Could be a generational talent. Could be, I hate to say it, bro, but could be kind of Justin Fields territory where well, a couple of years in, we're just not sure. That's kind of how his debut went as well, right? Yeah, and and a bit like Justin Fields, it's not like he's been surrounded by skill position players that can bail him out. Yeah, you know where where we've got quarterbacks who I feel are actually pretty limited, but are in an amazing spot, such as Brock Purdy, and you have someone like Anthony Richardson who has a, an insane amount of talent. We'll see whether he can fully put it together through the course of a career, but he's not he's not surrounded by weapons at the moment mm. now the thing with anthony richardson is obviously boomer bust very raw and a fantastic physical specimen but was really up and down <laughs> just like proper florida like yeah yeah like, you know he's so so up and down at florida in part because that you know the, the florida gators have not been a good team in recent years and it's it showed for him however watching him on sunday it was a much steadier performance than i than i expected there was some there were some highs and there were some lows but the the lows were not like oh my word like you know you, know, you can see this guy's a project he didn't come across as too much of a project mm-hmm. he came across as someone who was reading the game well um could make some fantastic throws would make some rookie mistakes but not those rookie r- mistakes that you think like he's going to cost them a lot of games um, I think, I think the thing they've got to worry about is because they've got him on designed runs and you've got to use, you've got to use him on designed runs. Otherwise there's no point having a player like Anthony Richardson or a Justin Fields and not use those designed runs. Obviously the worry is the idea he might get hurt and he did get a little bit hurt. Now he's a big bodied guy. This isn't where, you know, a quarterback takes off running and you think someone is just going to like absolutely body him. Anthony Richardson is built like a tight end and can plow through players. He is so physically um, intimidating when he's when he's running at you. So I I was I was pleasantly surprised because mm. I thought we'd see some good moments. I thought we'd see some bad moments, but it was the things in the middle that surprised me. Just like, yep, he's just making these making these sensible throws, getting them in, playing playing well without doing without doing too much knowing that he can't just he can't just go wild mm. it was a really sensible steady performance that was surprising <sighs> for, for that i mean that that's the interesting thing i guess yeah. if we if we bring in that from the get-go and, if, and obviously and let's put it in the context of one one game sample size but if we if he can keep that side of things maintained Wow, he could be 
he could be the one that breaks through out of all of them. CJ Stroud, and now the two are playing each other, of course, because Houston are playing Indy this weekend. So these two are going to get, one of them is going to come away with their first pro win, career win. CJ Stroud, I'm just going to speculate here that he's going to be third out of the three in your power rankings after week one. Yeah, he is. He is, which is perhaps doesn't surprise me that much, really. Um, again, he's someone who all these all these rookies are in tough spots. You know, they are they are on teams that are not great and are not stacked. Now, with CJ Stroud, the my biggest issue with him was at certain points he just someone would be open and he would just take a little bit too long to kind of pick up on that. And those the windows that your receivers stay open are obviously much shorter in the NFL than they are in college, especially if you are someone who goes to Ohio State and a lot of your games are against teams that are nowhere near as talented as you. So those wide receivers will stay open for like two seconds longer. I wanted him to make decisions a bit quicker. He did make some really nice throws. Um, he seemed generally calm in like calm in the pockets. I would like to have seen him do a little bit of little bit more running. That clearly was not part of not part of the plan. I think he was he was solid at times. There were it was it was there were some bad throws. Mm. But for all of these guys, who I thought these are all guys who can be really good starters in the league. Anthony Richardson, the biggest question mark for obvious reasons, but Stroud should be a safe-ish bet mm. going forward. And still, although I didn't particularly love his performance today, it wasn't one of those ones that made me think, oh, this guy's going to be great all year. There was nothing that made me worry about the future. So for Texans okay. fans, for, for Colts fans, that's for Panthers yeah. fans, encouraging you should start. all feel positive about this. Yeah, that's really good. All right, so Stroud is third. Is it a, you can have a first equal if you want, Benny. You don't have to have one. Which are you going to have? No, a, a, no, I... I, I yeah, I yes. Right now, right now it's Anthony Richardson mm, as okay. as one. Yeah. Um ahead of ahead of Bryce Young. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. That's gonna roll through the season. We're gonna pick our show team of the week in just a minute. First up though, a little message from our sponsors. All right. You know what I was thinking, Benny? Uh before we get into our show team, let's get the real deal. Let's get the heavyweight champion of the fantasy world to weigh in just a little bit uh, because he is an erstwhile member of the NC show crew. And of course came to prominence last season uh, on FFS. He is frankly the, the fantasy brains of the operation, right? In the same way you're the college brains of the operation because he is currently hiking in the Appalachian mountains. He's not, a com he's not available to commit to the show week in, week out in the way that he'd like. We are going to get his ethereal presence later on in the season, as we talked about, much like uh, the end scene of Return of the Jedi, which apparently they changed. We talked about this last week, the end scene, the final scene of the Return of the Jedi. In the reboot, they changed it up, didn't they? When they all appear, when, when Obi-Wan yeah, and Yoda. The... Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, they got different people in, yeah. But I still, I still see him in that way. I think your point still stands from week yeah. one. Yeah, he is the the Jedi uh, Jedi Ghost presence on the show. The Guru Santorini. If you're playing fantasy this weekend, um, you got two options: have fun with like me and Ben, 
and we'll run through our team in a minute and roll the dice. And apparently, Harry, the producer, I love to, I want to see what Harry's lineup was. Or if you're playing serious, listen to this. Week two of the NFL season. This is the DraftKings DFS team of the week. Week one was all a bit mid. It was very James Cook. It was very Jimmy G. We need a bounce back. And we're going back to a theme, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to pick our bounce back team of the week. Players who didn't get it together in week one that we think will in week two. And we're going to start with Josh Allen. 7,900 at QB. Up against Las Vegas. This is Josh Allen against Las Vegas. 47 over under. He had plenty of touches on the ground. All he needs is a score two. And we're going to see Josh Allen prove his value. Jameer Gibbs, 6,300. He's up against Seattle, who were the second worst D per PFF in week one. Only had nine touches, but six broken tackles in week one. Surely they're using more moving forward. Damian Pierce, 5,600. Lost snaps in the fourth quarter last week. Uh, Houston were held to a low score against Baltimore, but trailed for most of that game. Up against Indy in week two, this is all about game script. We expect Damian Pierce to get plenty of touches and find a nose for the end zone. Christian Kirk, 5,100. He was a massive performer last year. Now with Calvin Ridley in tow, only one catch in week one on just three targets. He wasn't even a full-time player, only playing in three wide receiver sets, but they're up against KC. They're going to need three wide receiver sets. We expect Kirk to be on the field more and for this to be a high-scoring affair. 51 over-under leads the week. DJ Moore, 5,500. Big mover in the off-season, only two catches in week one. But the coaching staff called out Justin Fields for being too conservative and surely they're going to put the ball in the hands of their best playmaker. Plus, Levante David is expected to miss his game with a concussion. Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony, 4,600, up against Jacksonville. He's our bring-back. Uh, against Christian Kirk. Only one catch last week for one yard, but five targets on just a 25% snap share. When he's on the field, the ball gets in his hands. He hasn't been 100% in training camp. This could be the game that we see more of him, and we're not sure on Kelsey's role just yet. Chigga Conquo at tight end. No catches in week one. 3,300 against the Los Angeles Chargers, who were awful defensively, frankly, against Miami in week one. He had three targets last week, but more importantly, he had an 83% snap share. We expect him to be on the field most of the game. That means targets. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, 7,900 by him against Baltimore. 5 for 39 in week one. But he had nine targets in a game with Burrow, only three for 82 yards. There might be no Marlon Humphrey in this matchup. Jamar Chase is a star and will show it in week two. And finally, the Giants D, 3,800 against Arizona. The Josh Dobbs, the Josh Dobbs experiment, ladies and gentlemen, continues. They've had one of the lowest yards per play for the last few years. They're a team in rebuild. Expect the Giants, after being humiliated in week one, to get back on track just like us. I went all American there with that intro, didn't I? If you're playing serious. <laughs> oh, boy. I said dynasty on Sky Sports last season on their basketball, which was uh, which was awkward. Um, okay, thanks, Guru. Love you and uh, loving your work. What about us, Benny? We got to pick our team. Actually, you know what? Before we do, before we're going we're gonna to leave that as the headline act, you were going to give us your game of the week, weren't you? Have you got one game on the slate that particularly jumps out that you're particularly excited about seeing? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I am glad that you mentioned the fact that we've got two of the rookies um, playing each other because I'm really looking forward to that one. But the the big one, the big one for me is uh, Jaguars Chiefs. Mm. I am so excited about this. The Chiefs were obviously disappointing um, against the Lions, but it was it was interesting seeing how much how much Mahomes missed Travis Kelsey. We all know how good Travis Kelsey is, and it's one of those examples where to see how good a player is, it's sometimes when they don't play. You know, anyone can watch Travis Kelsey and be like, oh, that guy's 
that guy's a star. Well, the way he can make this offense tick, you take him out and things change so much. Right. The Jags, the Jags want to be the Chiefs. The Jags want to be the top dogs in the AFC. And that's the sort of team that they are building. They're building a team around Trevor Lawrence, who is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm very confident of that. He's someone who, if the Jags can give him the supporting cast that he deserves, he will he will win at least one ring. That I'm confident about. Big call. But he's got to get one past... Ring. What's the over-under on Trevor Lawrence yeah. rings? I wonder, career-wise, uh, one and a half? I bet Vegas is setting the line at one and a half. One and a half, I would guess. One and yeah. a half. That's where I would set it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But they've they've got to start getting past the Chiefs. Now, um, we've said before how, and I completely agree, that going through historic stats don't tell you really anything about the, the previous the, about the game that's coming up. Mm. But since 2009, the Jags are 0-7 against the Chiefs. And that's including they played them in Week 10 and in Divisional Playoffs last year. Mm. Doug Peterson, 0-3 against Andy Reid. Trevor See, that, Lawrence, that's more important, I think. Patrick Out Moore. of all of those legacy agreed, stats, head, head coach matchups are different, different thing. I definitely buy into that in terms of history. All right. With that in mind, I agree. That's a cracking game. Our live game <clears throat> on TalkSport 2. Well, thank God it's week two and there's so much to play for and so much to still unpick and understand because uh, I'm, a, I'm a company man, as you well know, Ben Isaacs. But I um going to be interesting to see how we can hype this one up too much. It's Bears Bucks. <laughs> it's our live game yeah. on Chalk Sport 2. But actually, actually, I'm really intrigued with the Bucks. And I wonder, and I've speculated a few times on the show already, if they can be the team that no one saw coming, making a playoff tour. I think it could be the Bucks this year. I really, I really do. That's re- Vikings as well. Everyone's down on them. No one's picked them for the playoffs. Those two teams, so maligned and criticized. Uh, I think they could be interesting. And I want to see the Bears. I know you're going to be tuning in, of course. Uh, in fact, we're going to get you on the show, Benny, uh, halftime. We're going to we're going to wheel you in to give you a halftime verdict on, mm-hmm. on how things are going for the Bears. So that is our live game on TalkSport 2. But as I suggested earlier on, we're going to be across all the games, all the touchdowns as they go in. So make sure whether you have Red Zone, you have Game Pass, on the Zone, you have Sky, listen along with us. And if you don't, we are the best spot to get all of the updates, all of the action, all the scores as they go in. Uh, a lot of fantastic guests along for the ride. Okay. Showtime, Benny Boy. Showtime. Quarterback. <clears throat> no surprise here, given you've just, you've been his hype man, quite frankly, on this show. We're going to go for Anthony Richardson, assuming he starts. We could make a last minute scratch and change it, obviously, if he doesn't start. That is the caveat. Against against the Texans, as we've already already outlined. For reasons I think we've laid out, not the other thing, the only thing relevant to our DFS DraftKings League is the price at 6300 for your quarterback. Yeah, I'm liking, liking that value, Ben. Yeah, that's an, it's an absolute bargain. I think he's a bit cheaper because there's a feeling that he could be boom or bust. There's a feeling that, well, is he going to be 100% because he's left with a bruised knee? But I love, I love the matchup for him against that Texans defense. Mm. So... I think he's someone who can be one of the um, top scoring quarterbacks in daily fantasy this yeah. week, but the price has him down as being, you know, bottom yeah, off. I'm really surprised at that. I guess the injury is maybe, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think he's, I think that's a great, great shot at six, three. Uh, and I think he's going to have a decent, decent return in fantasy value anyway. Now we went tank Bigsby last week. I think mainly in your, 
you push for Tank, I think mainly because he's just one of your favorite named players. Um, Tank had yeah, a mixed yeah, bag yeah. of a game, didn't he? Tank was obviously instrumental in that in that DeForest Buckner score that was where time stood still, uh, and he was right in the, right in the mix of that. He was the one that got sucker punched essentially to to give up that score. But he but he hit back and uh, uh, and lived up to his name, of course, by uh, by rolling into the end zone as well. And again, value here against the Chiefs defense. We know you can run on four seven. Love Tank. We've spent more of our money on Christian McCaffrey. He one of the most expensive players on the board at eight nine, but you kind of understand why. Particularly in this matchup, the 49ers have the Rams this weekend. I I see McCaffrey particularly. You were making this point before we start recording, Benny. Out of the backfield where he's usually so prolific wasn't so much in in week one against the Steelers, so that should redress. Yeah, I'm. I feel like he's the he's the crown jewel on the on the roster this week. We've 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 spent a lot of the money on him mm. if he is like he scored 28.9 uh points last week and that was that was with only getting three catches for 17 yards so if he's if he's getting more if he's getting more receptions then that score is going to be maybe up to 40 mm. you never know uh, yeah, this, yeah like he's big, he's the guy big spot i love that i love that pick mike evans that is our, our live game as i say on talk sport too against chicago definitely torturable baker i think will roll again it's gonna be the highs and lows roller coaster with baker but evans looks sharp that connection i love i could see baker hurling up a few bombs a couple of them getting picked off a couple of them evans going deep so i like evans particularly again the value here at six two it feels like a feels like a bit of a steal but uh it's given the fact we came 182nd last we don't don't necessarily take our word for it. We love Calvin Ridley as well. He's a little bit more expensive. Seven two. I think Ridley full stop the season is going to go off. He had a big week one, as we figured. You said quite rightly the Jags are, are heading into that contender role, maturing, developing. He feels like he's going to be established firmly as Trevor Lawrence's number one go-to guy. I think he's going to be a top 10 receiver in the league this season. I love that 7-2. Now, you've got a separate, uh, two separate picks here, Benny, that you've gone for. I just want to clarify for the record that Ben's gone. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not fair. I went for I went for Nakua, didn't, didn't I? I said, why don't we get Nakua? Partly because it's a classic fantasy pickup, right? Big game week one, everybody's piling in. But 4-9... Uh, even against this 49ers defense, it's probably worth a flyer, isn't he? Yeah, I think I think he's good value. You, um, I think I'm going to let you take the credit if it goes well. You suggested yes. him, but yeah. as soon as soon as you said it, I was in I was in total agreement because yeah. at the at the price four nine, I feel like you know you've got to, You've got to roll the dice on these. You Should know, we be honest, Ben? Should we just... be honest here? Because we did what we did last week. Is there was another player that we went for. Um, more of him in a minute that we wanted to get. And then we realized we were $100 overspent. So then we went and changed, cha- had to change things up. And Nakua, I said, who's available for four nine? Yeah, I like the look of him. So I, I'm not saying there was a huge amount of science in the Nakua pick. Um, what did Laporta, on the other hand, I, you, went for, you went for Laporta in our tight end spot, of course. And I like that because Detroit are at home, Seattle a visiting Seattle had a really abject performance week one, which was so disappointing. I think given the, the, the conservatively high hopes that Hawks fans have had for their team this season. And at three, nine, talk us through the logic with him. Well, the way that the, the way the lions were playing against the chiefs, they were doing, they were getting a lot of short stuff, a lot of underneath 
passes. And Sam Laporta was in on 83% of the Lions' offensive snaps. Mm. So I think he's going to see more targets. And for for three nine, that felt like great value. value. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. if, he, if he can get some more targets and Goff is playing the sort of passes that he that he was on Thursday, then some of those are going to go to Laporta and it'll feel like um, great value. Okay, we've gone for the Bucks D. That was your shot and a good one it was as well. 3-2 against Chicago. Ugh. Uh, the Bears really uh, directionless at the moment offensively. And and this Bucks D, as I've been bigging up for weeks now, everybody's forgetting it is full of heavyweight veteran champions in there. And this idea that this team is going to tank this season, they're going to be 3-14, and 14, that it is, it's, it's a nonsense to me with players uh, of that caliber in the mix. And it's going to motivate them. We saw that week one. I'm not saying I think the Bucks are a playoff team. They're certainly better than advertised. And I love them in this spot. I might even be taking the Bucks this week on edge rush. We'll, uh, we'll get into that on Friday with Propo, which leaves a wild card pick in the flex spot. We worked out, Benny, that if you're going to win uh, or do well in daily fantasy, sure, you got to look at the McCaffrey picks of this world that you, that you think out of those elite players that are costing you a fortune are going to, you can fill your boots and, and and get the biggest return based on matchup, situation, form, all of those things. But then you've got to take some flyers, particularly as the money runs out. And we figured, who better? In the same way that everyone's on Nakua because he had a big week one, he's probably going to get one reception for the rest of the season. But we figured, let's go the other way and take Kadarius Tony against Jacksonville. I reckon they're going to feed Tony. I think statistically... He can't have the kind of game he had. I don't think it's going to be the Coughlin, Tiki Barber treatment that they're just not going to give him the ball or I guess more recently than that uh, with Rodgers and Watson in Green Bay last year. Just He doesn't get or the Brady treatment. You just don't get thrown to again ever. I think Tony will get looks. I think he can. He's obviously a red zone threat. I think he can step back up for 4,600. That is our joker pick, but I love it, Benny. Let me just get it straight. But so we get paid for six to have him on the roster. Yeah, it's like a kind of uh, <laughs> like a, a, as a charitable gesture. We get extra extra caps. No, actually, I'm reading it now. No, we yeah. have we've paid for him. Yeah. Or did we think this through? No. In all seriousness, the the I last week's game for Kadarius Tony may well be the worst performance by a skill position player we will see all season. And it was it's magnified because it was the first game of the year. It was primetime TV. It was the one game everyone was watching. Yeah. And it was absolutely disastrous. Now, the chances of any player having two weeks in a row like that are there is there is no chance. Like he had a, a once in a career awful game. The Chiefs, we don't know if Kelsey's gonna be back. And if he is, we don't know how good he's gonna be. People are going to have to get targets. And Kadarius Tony is going to be one of those people who gets targets. All he's got to do is improve on last week, one of the historically bad performances, and he could, the, the points could come. And I even, love it. You know, even last week, it, it's, he could have just had one fluky touchdown. It's, yeah. you know, as a fantasy option, it's then very different. I'm not giving, I'm not a huge fan of Kadarius Tony as a as a piece of an NFL roster, mm. as a fantasy option this week, I think you got to go for it. Like if you're going to do well in daily fantasy, 
you've got to roll the dice. And this is a this is a fun pick as far as I'm concerned. Now, do you know what we've added in our show league, partly logistically to get this set up because the, the show contests are going to be entered by DraftKings. Probably by the time you're listening to this, they should be in there. But if you head over to our show league, if you've already subscribed, if not, uh, just hit us up on, uh, on Twitter or on social media channels with your username. We'll invite you. But hit the link in our show notes as well. That should take you straight away to the league. Um, but to get things set up, uh, ben, we set up a head-to-head contest between me and you, right? So I've basically put our show team in as me. It's just two-person head-to-head contest. So what I'd like you to do is get ChatGPT to pick a team for this week, right? <laughs> and that could be your entry. Oh, let's, amazing. Let's see if ChatGPT can beat us as in a head-to-head. Do you know, I, this is so I, much fun because we can set up all these kind of head-to-head. So we're going to start to we're going to start to do that. I think more and more outside of the official contest drafting setup, we'll start to set up ones that you you lot out there could get joined in, uh, could join in as well. Maybe you could all enter a chat GPT team and take us head on. I mean, the thing is, is that at least in that head to head, the worst that can happen is we come second. Yeah. And right, right. that's, that's going to feel like in terms of for my, for my confidence going forward, like, like when you have a rookie quarterback, just getting, just getting that win, even if it's really, it's on the defense you kind of feel like, okay, you walk into the building on the Monday and you're like, yeah, you're puffing your chest out. You feel good. Even if I just, even if the show team finishes second in that head-to-head against chat GPT, (laughs) at least that's second. That's a silver medal. That's something, Betty. Something to to hang on to. I think as we go into the season, I'm sure Coco and Pebbles, Ed Rushers, you know what I'm talking about, they'll be called out of the bullpen to pick a team against us. Um, We'll see if Quarterbot wants to get involved in it. I mean, we're going to bring out all our our All-Stars to take us head on. The good times, Betty. Yeah, I'm going to get the dogs involved. Get the dog. Well, the dogs involved definitely. It's going to be. That sounds quite ominous. Was that a threat? <laughs> 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 Betty, it's always a pleasure, man. At tweets from Ben is how you follow Ben on Twitter. As I said, the American Football Revolution. Ben's new book. Ben Isaacs uh, is the author. Of course, go and seek that out. Hit the link in our show notes to order your copy if you haven't already. I'm oh, Mike with the forward. Uh, there's a chapter on me. I'm trying not to dissuade you from buying it. <laughs> so there's a lot of great stuff in there. Get involved with that. Benny, always a pleasure, man. Check in soon. All right. Speak soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.